we've always focused a lot on like this idea of like diet culture. So, you know, diet culture says that people that live in smaller bodies are morally superior to people that live in larger bodies. And that's this, we, we're just inundated with it. Like these messages start very young. These messages are all around us subtly, but they are there. And yeah, it's just this idea that there's one image of beauty. There's one size that's acceptable. Um, it really just needs to change. You're listening to The Sustainability Issue, a podcast about sustainable fashion and mindfulness. It is about calling out the worst practices of the fashion industry, the things that have led to the devastating impact fashion has on the natural environment and the human lives involved in the process. It is also about the people within the industry who are driving the change for the better. And finally, it is about you about reconnecting to our nature as human beings and realizing the big impact our everyday actions have on the world around us. I'm Desi Gurgieva. I'm so happy that you're here and let's dive right in. Hello everyone. Today I have Julie Allen with me. Julie is an author and sustainability awareness activist and she is the CEO of the Mary Rose Boutique and founder of the Mary Rose Foundation. Julie started Mary Rose Boutique because she recognized the need for a clothing shop that focused on body acceptance, self-love and helping all bodies feel beautiful and confident in their clothes. Thank you for joining our conversation. We talk all about body image, diet culture, fighting eating disorders, sustainability, and all those important topics. Julie, hello, and welcome to the Sustainability Issue Podcast. I'm so glad to have you with me today. And I'd say I would be um, I would be curious to learn more about your background. How did you start off with fashion? Please share your your story. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Um, so yes, my name is Julie and I own a women's clothing boutique called Mary Rose Boutique out in Portland, Oregon. We have been around for almost four years now, which is just mind blowing to think about, but we've almost been around for four years. Um, but I will tell you the first three years of our journey in um, owning a boutique, we did fast fashion. We did that. And it's embarrassing to say, but I did not know how much the fashion industry was impacting our planet and the human beings that work, you know, in the fashion industry. And so once I started to learn more about it, it was the beginning of this year, 2021. I switched our entire business from fast fashion to slow fashion. And we were like, we did, we were, we were decent. Like we did pretty well with fast fashion because we've always um, really focused on size inclusion and anti-diet culture. Um, I struggled with an eating disorder for a long time. And so being, being size inclusive, being welcoming to people in all bodies was always like central to our mission. Um, and unfortunately, the size inclusive aspect of the sustainable world, like 
barely exist. So we really didn't have another choice to do other than to do fast fashion. But like once I started to learn more about it, I was like, we can't do this. Like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. So that's a long story short is, is that's a little bit about me and my background. Yeah. um, That's very impressive. And also it's very brave, especially because you say you were doing very well with the fast fashion boutique that you still decided to make this switch. So um, I was wondering, what was it? Did you do your own research? How did you become aware of all those things in the fashion industry that um, made you? Absolutely. So during 2020, so um, with with the pandemic, we moved, we have a brick and mortar storefront and we moved. um, We also had online. We've always had both brick and mortar and online. Um, But during the beginning of the pandemic, we obviously went fully online. And in 2020, we actually like doubled our revenue from 2019. Like it's when I look back and think about it, I'm like, this is, this was absolutely wild. But we also were operating out of a warehouse. So we had our storefront and then we had almost a 5,000 square foot warehouse, just like full rack after rack, like bins were just stacked on top of one another with clothing. And uh, I remember I was going into the warehouse to like prep for one of our big sales. And I looked around and I saw just like all this plastic everywhere because fast fashion, when you buy it, it comes, not only does it come wrapped in plastic, it comes like on a plastic hanger. I swear the goal is like put as much plastic as you possibly can in packaging. And we actually had this corner over in our warehouse because the trash cans weren't big enough in the warehouse complex to like put all the plastic that was coming in. Like we were getting like 15 boxes a day, right. Of fast fashion. And For the first time, I actually like saw what was right in front of me, just the, I mean, it's amazing to think about like how much trash there was. And so then I started thinking about like, okay, plastic, that is not going to go anywhere. Like that, that garbage is just going to stay as garbage. And so that's what prompted me to start looking into it. And then I started like reading about all the impact of fast fashion on our, um, on our environment. But then I got into the human side of it and it's, it's so embarrassing to say, but I really did not put two and two together that like, if a t-shirt cost the consumer $5, like somebody made that. And so somebody didn't get paid along the supply chain. And just the more I researched, the more I was like, we have no other choice than to switch our entire business. And it has been a roller coaster of a year because, I mean, we lost probably 70% of our customers. Um, Our revenue is down like an insane amount this year. Um, But at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. And there's, we cannot continue on this trajectory right? Like the, the trajectory that our society is on with fast fashion and overconsumption and what we're doing to the planet, like it cannot continue. Yeah. Like, and it's going to be inevitable at some point. So it's like, we've, we have to do better now. And part of that doing better is you have to know better first. And I didn't know better now that I do know better. It's like, you're obligated to do better. 
Mm, absolutely. I like what you said about plastic because we don't think about it very often. And you realize at one point um, that actually it's completely unnecessary. And, and now you see more and more um, fair fashion brands. They do not use any plastic packaging at all. And it works. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's it, it always... You know, even before I really like... So several years ago, two years ago, let's say, I remember like seeing all this plastic and thinking like, this is unnecessary and then moving right along with my day. But it, it is so unnecessary. It's like every single garment is wrapped in plastic yeah. and on a plastic hanger. Yeah. Like even, even back in the day when I didn't like really even think twice about it, I knew I was like, this is weird. And then, you know, you carry on and you sell however many things you sell, but um, exactly. yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, and it must have been really tough to half your revenue after you made the switch. So um, what is your why? What keeps you going? Mm. The pandemic has brought so many things to the surface in our world. And the biggest thing that it taught me was that the actions of one impact us all. And it was so evident just with, with the course of the pandemic and like I'm in the States, which is a whole shit show in and of itself. Right. But um, the actions of one really do impact everybody. And it is so easy for us to say, like as a business owner, as individuals, like I'm just one person, you know, what I'm doing isn't really impacting anything right like I'm just one person we you know we're we were small in the grand scale of things right like there there are big companies that are you know doing way way worse things than we were right but we have to start taking responsibility for our individual actions and realizing that as a whole it really does impact so like what I do on a personal level on a business level really actually is impacting everybody and that's what has kept me going is just understanding that I do have a social responsibility to do my part. And as a business, I have this responsibility to do, do my part to try and make this world a better place. Totally. I can relate to this so much. And I think we all in one way or another have come to this um, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been... A very interesting couple of years, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, but it really, yeah, I think, you know, in 20 years too, I'm going to be fascinated to look back at this time and study just like all the different yeah. things that it brought out. But that has been the thing that has stuck out to me the most is like this, yeah, one person's actions, like cascade yeah. effect. Yeah. So. yeah, totally. And um, for you, it's not just the boutique, but uh, you are also a founder of the Mary Rose Foundation. Mm -hmm. and, um, can you tell me more about it and about the work you do with it? Yeah, so the Mary Rose Foundation is our nonprofit. It's a 501c3. I started it three and a half years ago. It's about six months or so younger than the boutique. And it helps fund treatment for people struggling with eating disorders. I struggled with anorexia and bulimia for about 15 years or so growing up. And the cost of treatment 
in the States, I don't know about other parts of the world, um, is astronomical. We're talking up to $2,000 a day for someone to access residential treatment. And that is a major, major barrier to act like to treatment. And anorexia has the highest mortality rate of all mental illness. Um, and a lot of those people end up dying from um, suicide. And so treatment, treatment saved my life on multiple occasions. Um, but my parents did have to take out like a second mortgage on their house in order to pay for my treatment. And I always had this dream of like paying my parents back someday, like when I was in my early twenties. So we're talking 10, 15 years ago right now. Um, I was like, someday I'm going to pay my parents back. And just one day, one day I had this idea after I already opened the boutique, I was like, let's open our own nonprofit because why not? And that was over three and a half years ago. And we've, um, we've, we've been able to do it. And we've funded several people's treatment scholarships and portion of all sales at the boutique do is donated to the nonprofit. So one very positive thing that came out of the um, 2020 and our revenue doing really well was that we funded three people's treatment scholarships in 2020 mm -hmm. via the boutiques. The, the support we, re we received from the boutique funded the um, scholarships for the foundation. And so that's, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm, you know, getting down on myself, it's like, how did I not know about all the things fast fashion was? And it's like, okay, well, at the end of the day, we funded three people's treatment in 2020 that, you know, could have potentially saved their life. It saved my life. Treatment saved my life. So, you know, we're just trying to do, do good in our little corner of the world. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I think that's exactly what matters, just doing the best you can with the resources that you have right now, with the knowledge that you have right now, and you are doing something that's really, really important. So Thank you. Thank you. In, in 2021, we focused, we switched our focus from um, funding treatment scholarships to working more on the education and prevention side. So 2021, we developed our education and outreach programs. So we are in our community working with our youth on body acceptance, self-esteem, uh, teens and tweens, primarily girls, but it's honestly, it's not just female identifying people. It's our our youth um youth really need that that counter that counter message from the message that we're just inundated with constantly on social media and pretty much everywhere yeah totally and size inclusivity is a big topic in in fashion um many high street brands even now still carry one size or very limited size ranges and this is a big problem um, and I think it's very important that you address this as well. And, um, how do you deal with this, with your range, um, of clothing? Is yeah. <laughs> so one of the biggest barriers to us switching entirely from fast fashion to slow fashion was the lack of inclusive sizing. Um, we've, that has always been inclusivity has always been a main pillar of our boutique. Like we we are built on inclusion. Like that is our number one um, pillar of our mission statement, right? Inclusivity in all the ways, size inclusion being an aspect of that. And unfortunately in the sustainable fashion world, it is so hard to find inclusive sizing. Like if I was finding like size extra large, that was a win. And our boutique actually carries up to size 6X, which um, is about a size 40 um, excuse me, a size 40. And uh, so having like, this is this, the beginning of the year was like 
a total mess because it's like, this is what we want, right? Like we want, um, sustain, like sustainable fabrics, like ethically made clothes, but they have to go at least up to a size three X. Like that was our minimum. And it was just like virtually impossible to find. I mean, it took us months to source, um, yeah. source these brands. And at this point we have found three, four, excuse me, four that, um, in the States that work up to a size three X, um, a couple of them go up to a six X, which is really, really good. But like, it was, I mean, I, I didn't, again, one of those issues that I did not realize existed and yeah, but I, it just, it should not be that hard to find well-made sustainable clothing past a size large. And in the state, 70% of people identifying as women are a size 14 or above. Mm. So we just knocked out 70% of our population That's because nice. it's just, it's, it's mind blowing really. Like why, why is this such an issue? Why is it so hard to carry above a size large when that's the majority of our population and there's nothing, you know, people are, we're not defined by our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, I'm, people are more than a clothing size. So like everybody should have access. People in all body sizes should have access to quality clothing that is made with a purpose and made you know, carefully and thoughtfully, and you know, all the people in your supply chain were paid. Like it's, it's ridiculous to me how hard it was to find them. Yeah. It's really insane. I feel like it's all connected, you know, selling this um, image of what the perfect body should be and then selling products for, I don't know, losing weight or whatever, just, you know. Yeah. It, it really like, um, we've always focused a lot on like this idea of like diet culture. So, you know, diet culture says that people that live in smaller bodies are morally superior to people that live in larger bodies. And that's this, we we're just inundated with it. Like these messages start very young. These messages are all around us subtly, but they are there. And yeah, it's just this idea that there's one image of beauty there's one size that's acceptable um it really just needs to change because all bodies all bodies are beautiful people in all bodies deserve to feel beautiful in what they're wearing it has nothing to do with morals like body size and morals like those are not those are not the same thing and we really need to start breaking that association yeah absolutely i really really want that to happen and I want to talk about this as much as possible because it is so important like I just want to next generation to grow up in a different um, environment than the one I grew up in for example like because even as a very um, what is um, considered normal body Mm -hmm. you still grow up with some sort of disorder if you ask No, absolutely. It is just, we are inundated with it. And that is another thing. It's very interesting that I've noticed actually, because we, you know, we have a physical storefront and we carry sizes extra small through six X. So we, 
have people in smaller bodies coming in all the time. And it's fascinating because people that you, you and I would look at and say, they live in an ideal body, you know, that they can easily, you know, fit clothing. Um, even people that live in this ideal body will come out of that fitting room and like tear themselves apart. Mm. And it's, it's so sad. It is so sad. Like absolutely beautiful human beings in all bodies. And I mean, the, the things that we hear like every day about people, like people say to themselves and in our, in our physical storefront, we have, um, I call it an affirmation mirror. So it's the mirror as you come out of the fitting room, it says like we write on, um, with like those Sharpie markers, whatever they're called. Um, like you are beautiful. You are more than a clothing size. You are worthy. Like all those things, because people just like tear themselves apart and it's like, stop. Like, what is this accomplishing? And it's so much more prevalent with women. Like, it, yeah, we just need to stop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, that's beautiful, by the way, with uh, the affirmation. It's uh, half the time. So I have, I have young kids. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And whenever they come into the shop with me, they're like, they want to draw in the mirror. And so it's really, it's very, very sweet. Yeah. yeah. And there's this quote, the, a clothing you should not fit the clothing but the clothing should fit you right I mean that's the, that's the purpose of it yeah yeah we have I tell people it's like we have one rule one rule in the fitting room it's no crying in the fitting room because I feel like all I mean I'll just speak for myself but how many times like over the years especially like recovering from an eating disorder and like your body just like oh my gosh so much changes right and like there were so many times when I would cry in the fitting room because I didn't feel like I was worthy enough, you know? Mm. <laughs> and uh, that's why it's great that we can talk about this today. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned that you're also launching your own line. So I'm very curious how you approach that and uh, how you take your daily decisions for the line and uh, all of that please share uh so back back in beginning of 2021 sorry <coughs> getting over a little cold here so I got a little cough um back in the early um early 2021 when we were like making the decision to switch our entire business model to sustainable fashion but also having that inclusion piece be such a central aspect to us running into cannot find this, I decided to open up um, or to start our own line. To be perfectly honest, that was never really a goal of mine. Um, like it really wasn't. Um, but then again, I couldn't find it. And so then I was like, okay, well, fine. I'm just going to make it kind of a similar thing with the nonprofit where that, I mean, if you would have asked me prior to opening it, if that was a goal of mine, I would have said, no, not really. But now that I have it, I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, and so, sorry, <laughs> goodness gracious. Um, yeah. So we decided to open up our own, start making our own line of size inclusive, ethically made clothing. I'm calling it for the sexy minimalist because I just like that. I like the sound of that. Um, and the line's called hope continues and it's set to launch in March. We're still on track to launch in March. Um, 
So again, I had no idea how to do that. So it started with a lot of research, like just a lot of research. And um, the first thing that we did, you know, is we selected our materials and I'm so excited because we found a hemp material to work with. Oh, that's beautiful. I love hemp. I, love I think it's amazing. I love hemp. It's I love hemp so much. <laughs> like I have like, whenever I hear the word hemp, it's just like little bells go off in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, hemp. Yes, I love it. So um, we have a line of seven pieces that are launching um, in, in spring, for spring, summer um, in March this year. And I, like, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Okay. That's very exciting. And yeah, for the values that you put behind it. Yes. So our, you know, our promise is that we're going to be as transparent as possible. We're going to work with as much organic things as possible and always keeping, I, I say women centered because I'm just a huge advocate for women's rights and all of those things. So that's, that is our promise and our new line of hope continues. So excited. Very exciting. Thank you. And Julie, what do you think we as individuals can do on an everyday basis for a more ethical, more inclusive fashion industry? Pay attention to where you're purchasing your clothes and don't be afraid to ask the questions like to your brands. Um, if we're talking there's so many different ways to go with that. But if we're talking, um, let, let's say you already are making ethical um, clothing decisions, um, send them an email and say, hey, when are you going to expand your size run? Like those are those are things that as a as a brand, I pay attention to. Like when when enough, like when consumers or clients will tell me like, hey, this is what we want to see. Like they read it like especially with smaller brands like the big big corporations that's a whole nother issue but smaller brands if you already have like a handful of your favorite favorite that you shop from you know send them an email and say when are we expanding our size run and you know it's hard being a smaller brand and carrying a, a full size run it is it, it's it's expensive like it's expensive. And, you know, we were, we're able to do it because we already have the client base built up. And I, I hear that and I get that so much, but it's like, you're not going to build that client base up that trust with, you know, the, the extended size market until you make an effort and a consistent effort. Um, so yeah, I just start asking questions. Like, don't be afraid to ask these hard questions. And if, if you like some brands that are not super ethical, like, ask them questions too. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, where, where were these made? Like, do you know who, do you know who made your clothes? Like just ask these questions. And a lot of times they probably don't know. And they might just not think about it yet. Cause you know, we were in the industry for three years and I had no, like I never put two and two together. So the biggest thing is just don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah. I can't agree more. And um, well, we're coming to the end of what I've prepared as questions. So um, is there anything else that is on your mind and that you would like to share with the listeners? I just, I thank you very much for opening up these conversations about um, size inclusion in the ethical fashion industry. It is, it's a topic that I'm super passionate about, obviously, um, because it just, 
it's a, it's a huge, there's a huge gap in the marketplace for it. And so I just, I really appreciate opening up these conversations and just starting to dismantle some of these deeply held beliefs um, in our society we hold about um, size inclusion. So thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. So I really thank you for doing the work that you do. And uh, tell me, how can people reach you? How can they support you, the foundation? Yeah, the, so the best place to find us is our boutique Instagram, which is just maryrose.boutique. From there, it links to everything that we do. So with links to the foundation, links to Hope Continues, links to everything. So maryrose.boutique is our Instagram. Okay, I'm going to make sure to include the links in the show notes. Julie, thank you so much. I really can see that you're um, doing everything that you do from the heart and this can one can see it in um, the way that you talk. So it's been super nice to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. Um, as always, please follow us on Spotify, rate us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't, and you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram at The Sustainability Issue. Let me know, please, what else would you like to hear in the podcast and talk to you next time.